everyone, and welcome back to the Naturally Nino podcast. I am so excited to have you guys here. Um, so today is actually part two of last week's episode where I had Shelby Brick Bishop on, who is a personal trainer and nutritionist. And we are going to be um, having our second episode together. And this one is really going to focus more about nutrition. Um, it's going to be very... Um, I mean, really just like an insight as to like what we talk about when we hang out, <laughs> essentially, and kind of go deeper into the science behind different things. And also like, um, more about why both of us feel so adamant about nutrition and realizing that it's not just about fitness when it comes to health. And it really is a mind, body and soul kind of a thing, which Shelby is also um, extremely passionate about. You can't have one without the other, right? So Shelby, do you want to just say hi to everyone again? Hey guys, I'm happy to be back. Round two. <laughs> and I'm happy to dive in just to nutrition. You know me, I could... We could talk for hours. <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, yeah, like, you know, you are obviously very big into fitness, which is what we touched on last, well, not last week, so it was actually two, week, two weeks ago, um, but on the last episode. And this episode, you know, I really would love to just like hear your input as to like how nutrition has played also a role. And, you know, because you do hear a lot of fitness um, people, or even a lot of personal trainers who will say, yeah, it's totally fine to eat whatever you want as long as you keep your calories low, meaning it doesn't matter where the food is actually coming from because it's, you know, all about like calorie in, calorie out, which, you know, obviously we're both not so very fond of that whole idea. <laughs> of that philosophy. <laughs> yeah, of that philosophy. Good way of putting it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can't believe there's still people are still getting paid to give that information out and yeah that is something and especially working with women and something that is the hardest habit to get rid of or the hardest perspective to get rid of especially like I said for young teenagers or women that are just trying to lose weight mm -hmm. the first thing that I noticed in college going back you know and just thinking I used to follow that right? Mm -hmm. And I used to just, as long as under 1600 calories, eat, drink XXXX <laughs> really in college and yes. then eat XXXX. As long as I'm hitting that 1600, oh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be the best version of myself right. or I'm going to lose weight. And, right. and I had to get out of my head fully that, okay, it's not about just losing weight, but what in the long term is actually going to benefit me, right? Not just right. for the short term regain. And that's where I took a huge shift in our nutrition. We talked about the last pod podcast was really shifting my focus towards performance of the body mm -hmm. rather than immediate side effects. Mm. And I feel like people see that immediate side effect once they, you know, say for X amount of days, they hit under 16 calories, 1600 calories. And they're like, wow, okay, I'm seeing a difference. I'm, you know, or the opposite, they're not seeing a difference and they wonder right. why, you know? Right. And it really was for me, I can't find anyone. You can't argue about it anymore. My 18 year old self would be like, no, you're wrong. You know, Yeah. you really just have to show people. And you that's have to live where, it. Right. And that's where you actually start to realize this is a much, much better and more sustainable lifestyle than doing your calorie counting when we're just eating whole foods non-processed but really like true meats vegetables whatever you want to choose if you're non-meat mm -hmm. eater meat eater 
um, fruits, nuts, and seeds, anything that comes from the ground and that does not have to go through a dehydration cooking um, process as much. As long as we stick to those whole foods, I've known as a common theme that you can sort of eat as much as you want. And I say this using quotes right now <laughs> because there is a limit to avocados and fats like that. But of course, do you ever find yourself overeating on chicken or protein? No, no. your body cuts no. you down. Even with you, that, you feel full. Exactly. Like so you feel never... that satisfying feeling. What I've noticed is like with yeah. junk food, I don't think that you ever get a feeling of satis- like satisfaction when you eat junk food. Like that's literally why you hear people talk about this all the time. Yeah, I ate a whole bag of chips and I was still hungry. Well, like, you know, that should be a red flag. And it's like, yeah, oh. you're still hungry because there's nothing in there that's feeding your actual cells. Like you're just, it, it's empty calories. Exactly. I mean, they pay scientists at Lay's, Ben and Jerry's, right. all those right. people, Domino's, very, very, very large, you know, income. Large amounts. Just so that they're good <laughs> at their science where they can make this food chemically connect to your head and say more, more, more. And right. that's what we're seeing in the innovation of food. And those, and those type of, and I say those type of companies, more like fast foods, you know, again, processed food, sugar, or anything like that. Um, it's one of those things that it literally is programmed to do that, guys. Like, right. it's, not, it's not like this, oh my God, I just want more. No, everyone has that same sensation. And going into sugar, they feed off of that. It does that to our gut. Once it hits our, uh, our stomach lining, we're like, oh, more please. Mm-hmm. And it connects to the brain and tells you more. So it's not your fault. It literally is designed to do that. But going back to your point, that's why you just shouldn't even start with the chips in the first place right. for my, my own personal of course. You know, experience. Of course. Because yeah. it's, so well, I, the second you have your first chip, it's that, I mean, that's it. It's a downward spiral. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I'm like, and I say this because I've practiced, but like I'll have a handful of something and I'll right. be fine because the only but thing But you've probably me, learned how to do that. Well, no, get this. I love the taste. It's not because of that. I just know in 30 minutes, I'm going to feel like shit. Like yes. I love cheeses, love them, love them, love them. But 30 minutes after I just get this feeling of like, uh, even the inside of yeah. my mouth, the lining is off. Like you just Everything. know something chemically happened that right. it almost like turns me off to it. But it's hard to get people to sort of feel that sensation just mm-hmm. because of the habituation. They've been so stimulated by that, that stimulus. They're so used to it. They don't even realize there's a decreased response or stimulus. Right. So they just keep going back to it. And it, that's why I say it's sort of, no one has a baseline of normal anymore. Everyone's sort of a bit cloudy walking around with almost an upset stomach and they don't even realize it's upset or they have the lack of energy because they just repeat that same pattern every day of indulging into something that their brain says, oh, give me more. Right, right. You know, I mean, so it's really hard to break. Well, it's really hard to break because it's also... Uh, has been happening for generations and generations and generations, right? So how do you, it's, these eating styles are built into cultures at this point, right? And so how do you untrain that? Not to mention, you know, my mind was honestly blown when I discovered keto. Like granted, you know, when I used to have like issues growing up with like stomach pain and like 
um, bunch of like, you know, acne or, you know, and things like that. And it was obviously because I was just lactose intolerant and I was consuming dairy and I would get constipated and I had no idea why it was happening until I got older because like, you know, like my mom didn't know, like she, you know, like, Right. It's not so. Oh, it's, it's not something that those generations kind of like looked at, you know. And yeah. it's like, no, like milk is good for you, cheese is good for you, bread is good for you, everything is good for you, right? And yeah. as you get older, and you start to be like, okay, like something's just not right, you know? Because I was like, I got to do an experiment, and the second I cut out dairy, my whole life changed. And that's not to mention the way I feel right now. I'm talking about like just just dairy alone was like, whoa, like what have I been doing like with my yeah, entire life? That was life. your game changer. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm like, okay, there's stuff in, there's something about this whole stuff that like we're not taught in school, which I personally think is really, really sad, obviously. And hence why I love to educate and just like post a lot about nutrition and talk a lot about it. Um, because I think we need to have more conversation structured around it because it's not talked about. And not to mention, we have doctors giving patients nutritional advice doctors only take a class max two classes in nutrition in their entire four years so how are right. you going to give that task to them and i mean most of the time it's i you know most doctors i i do see at uh let's go two conventions here we go holistic convention doctors yeah Whole different story. Fit different, people, completely healthy. different. If yes. you go to a normal medical convention, I kid you not, the obesity, the just it look like you just know these people are unhealthy. Not even the obesity, but like just skin. You can tell everything. A they look like they're drained. It's it, and it is, and I understand that you know you got into a field. You know, think about this. Even if you got into the field ten years ago to twenty years ago, how much things have changed? And I, I think that's maybe one thing that like you said education now i feel like it's no longer excuse just because the thing mm -hmm. of an iphone and i understand Every, there's misinformation right. out there of but course. if you really research and actually dig deep Take enough a lot time. of people right and a lot of people are just on the third chapter right where you actually have to get to that 30th chapter and i feel like at least i'm on my 40th chapter and there's a yeah. hundred yeah where I, you just have to keep digging and I'm really sort of experimenting on yourself since everyone yeah. is different, but everyone I've met that has dug deep enough and researched enough has led to the same point as I, where right. I was. Right. I think it's an undeniable truth and most truth, you know, you can test it how, on how many other people you want, how many different variables, and you're going to come out with the same outcome. And I've just found for the majority yeah. of the population, like we were saying, whole foods, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. And, and again, taking out being very choosy on your carbs, mm -hmm. insulin sensitivity is just something, again, I could talk about hours for. Oh and I God. think that doctors do not, they just don't use that as a tool, a health right. marker. And right. it should be. And I think we are now obviously with the uprise in diabetes and everything, but mm -hmm. to the normal person, most people are not sensitive enough. And that, well, that's, you know, that's worrying. No. And yeah, and I agree with that. And what I find super fascinating, I remember when I was getting um, certified as a health coach um, and 
there was one point we were going um, over insulin sensitivity. And I'm not sure if you know this, but before the 1950s, insulin sensitivity used to be um, in the textbooks in the sense of they would have diagrams, right, of people in the textbook. And you would see that, you know, the second that the insulin went extremely high, the patient would tend to put on weight in, in areas. While when, when the insulin was removed, they would tend to lose the weight, even to the point when they would, in, then they started doing things where they would inject little amounts of insulin spikes in different parts of the body to see what would happen. And then after the 1950s, for some reason, all those diagrams and talking about insulin sensitivity was removed from the medical textbooks. So well, in the past, they have yeah. used a low carb, high fat diet to treat many of the, um, I would say chronic health illnesses. Whereas now, right, then in the, what happened in the 90s, in the 90s, or maybe even starting in the 80s, um, I'm not sure exactly, but definitely in the 90s, right, we went through a low-carb phase. I remember this because that's when I was 10 years old. I was diagnosed with high cholesterol, genetic, and they're like, nutrition will never um, do anything for you. But regardless of the fact that it's never going to do anything for you, you still should follow a super, 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 super low fat diet. And we did because my mom was scared and she had no idea, right? Like they put us on medication. They were like, you have to go see this nutritionist and dietitian. They told us exactly what to eat. They're like, you don't eat anything past seven. You eat everything that everything that you can find. It's everything has to be low fat. I would starve, like yeah, literally seriously. starve. And literally my, me and my sister would split a banana because half of a banana is one serving. And it's like, now when I think about like this entire concept, like this, that that's what is preached by the American Heart Association. I'm like, how, how? I, it's, it's baffling. Like in the fact that as a 10 year old, like we looked at cholesterol as a marker and, and I think cholesterol definitely is an important marker. If we're eating it's the not right the foods. only marker, but it's not. And it, that's exactly it. And and I think fast forwarding, did your thyroid ultimately have an effect, which I, I would say, since the thyroid hormonal and guess what, mm -hmm. it goes to the liver, needs liver to pick up the insulin, you know, the whole, the whole, Sh the mechanisms whole in which, right. right. In which balance your hormone hormones, the piss, the missing pieces weren't there for the doctor. And I understand that was like years ago, but now we have all the missing pieces and we're starting to understand how mechanisms work and how they balance around the rest of the body. Mm -hmm. And that's where I still have the issues with children. I cannot believe like just what I see people feeding their child mm -hmm. and, and then fixing it, you know, feeding them a shitty high sugar diet and then fixing it with medicine to calm them down. Right. And it, this right. is what hurts me the most that, uh, my brother, as a younger kid, my parents didn't know better. But now mm -hmm. that we know better, I just don't understand why parents are taking the easy way out by medicating rather than just fixing the the root problem. Which why not put in the work? That's a great question. Yeah. So as a ten year old, that after that, did you see any change? Did they ask? 
I mean, after the well, no. low fat diet? Um, yeah, my cholesterol went down a little bit from the low fat diet, but honestly, I think it had more to do with the fact that we were more, I felt like we were more starving if anything else. And I think it was more kind of like had to do with fasting, right? Because we've talked about about intermittent fasting. And I think, I think that during that time period, what really, it wasn't the fact that we were eating low fat. I think it was the fact that we were fasting for a really long period of time because we would stop eating super early and then we would have breakfast, obviously like seven or something yes, like 12 that hours in the morning. Later. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing a 12 hour fast. Right. Yeah. And we know now that fasting is actually even more effective than keto or any other diet that you can possibly do because fasting is able to turn on those certain genes on your DNA that don't normally work and kind of turn them on to basically start filtering out all the stuff that's in your cells that's not being used for anything to get rid, you know, starts kicking it out of the cells and then basically healing itself. Yeah. Autophagy, like that was the newfound thing with fasting where, like you just said, was cleaning out the bad cells. And, and, but now say if you actually was doing that fasting on top of a nutritious diet, not just a, a calorie deficit diet on top of the perfect balance of, you know, all your vitamins, protein, and hitting your micro, your, your daily survival macros, not just to survive, but to flourish. And that's where I really urge people is like, so you think your your nutrition may be like good, but like how better, how much better can it get? And that's where mm-hmm. I think we, we as humans, we have to strive for that extra step because otherwise we just get complacent. Like mediocrity and comfort is so a drug. And that, right. that's where I feel like the easiest thing you can do is nutrition. And it's, it's simple as just don't put it in your mouth. And I, but people mm-hmm. have to understand, I know it's not that simple, but you have to make that decision in your head to make that decision that it is that easy. Agreed. And that's where I think people like you and me, you'll find yourself around like-minded people in that sense, because there's no other way to see life from that than on out, even in business, fitness, with your partner, like whatever it may be, just changing that, that mindset right there will open up so many doors I and, like and it starts you with your life. Health. Oh, it does completely. But you have to make that decision for yourself, you know? I 100% agree with you. I do think that it's definitely a mental thing for sure, because none of this stuff is easy. And that's the thing, like, like you said, you love how it tastes. I love ice cream. I love it. I love it. Like I love pizza. If I could eat it every day, like hell yeah. But like, to your point, 30 minutes later, I'll be on the couch half asleep and like, pain in my stomach. So I always think about it. Like, do I really want to go through that? Exactly. And well, and that's where you made the decision over the short-term satisfaction, the long-term gain. And, and going back to the calories in and calories out, if you took the same girl, let's take identical twins, right? Yeah. And you fed one of them. We kept them all under 1600 calories, but one only ate, you know, ice cream, donuts, the occasional sandwich, but had a high, let's just go with high sugar. Cause that's what I see most of my clients do. Agreed. They right. will that, literally that's primarily 500 calories a yes. day for a cookie or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
before they come to me. And then let's take that other identical twin, 1600 calories, but she's eating wholesome foods, vegetables, nuts, nuts and seeds, meat, um, just a whole shame bang little, you know, some process here and there. Now, obviously within maybe, you know, the first few months or even a year, depending on their age, we'll say they're 18, maybe not a big significant change as far mm -hmm. as health decline, um, certain markers, but you'll definitely see it on her skin. The one that's eating bad, you'll see it. You'll, you'll see, see right away. You'll see inflammation. You'll see all of that. Now let's even take it a step further. Let's go 10 years into the future. Now you're seeing one thriving in life because she has her shit together. She's not having mm -hmm. inflammation in the brain every day, not craving, not a slave to the, the cravings. And then you have the other one that let's be honest, you're not going to be feeling good in the morning. So you're not mm -hmm. going to be looking good. It is a whole chain reaction in which people find themselves 40 years old and they wonder what the fuck have I done? Yeah. Am I allowed to cuss? Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why, why am I still at the same job? And, and I just see this because I work with a lot of women and I work with a lot of men and right. that just now made that decision at 40. How can I right. change my life? And they come to me and, and they regret and it, it. Cause they're exactly. like, shit, why didn't I start sooner? Oh yeah. And even just aging faster. Like think about the outcome. Think about mm -hmm. your future self, the child that you want to bear. How, how are you going to give them the best opportunity possible? Right. And trust me, it's not drinking every night and having pizza. So no. I, I really urge people to really think about, you know, the coming years in their life and how they want their life to be. Because I, I kid you not, it is this spiral effect that just, it's alcoholism for example, right? Yeah. Just one drink a day and next, you know, it's this huge spiral because you can't get your life together because you're hooked to this craving. And I think food is right. the same, to be honest. There's same. no it's difference. It's a drug. It's a drug. It's a drug. And it's, it's just so hard that you And it you shouldn't know, be. It's supposed to be, a, you know, this beautiful like ritual or this experience that you have with your food where, you know, you're eating the food and you're not wanting to go into going to lay down and take a nap right after you eat it right like the whole point right. of food and really like one of my favorite things i think about countries that take the whole food um preparing or eating process very seriously um and it's an entire spiritual like experience for them i really respect that because they take the time to appreciate everything and every ingredient that they use to cook with right like they take the time to cook they're not trying to right. put it into the microwave and heat it up and done in two seconds and you got a hot pocket right like right. they are going to the ground they're digging in the soil they're getting um you know they're getting gaining energy from the ground and the soil while being out in nature to then bring the food home, wash it, clean it, cut it, prepare it, you know, make the dressing and then sit down. And right before you sit down and eat, you say a prayer together, right? And because you're thankful for all this amazingness that the world has provided for you. And after they eat, they're not going to sleep. They are literally thriving and like you can see them just like literally refuel with energy and right. that is how i truly feel the experience should be obviously yes 
we do live in a modern society and you know it is fun to go out and get drinks with the girls at sometimes or you go on vacation and you want to let loose grant we're all people but we're talking about oh. like your daily habits right your rituals your routines what your body is actually normally used to no one's saying you can't do all the other stuff it just means balancing right and focusing right. on what you're primarily doing 90% of the time. Right. No, I, I couldn't agree more. We've become so disconnected. You're yeah. totally right. And not only disconnected with the respect of food or process of food making, it, it's become disrespectful to our own bodies, that right. our own consciousness, being aware of ourselves is that I think some people just don't honestly want to look in the mirror and be like, oh, fuck, I have a food problem. Like, right. that's it. Like, otherwise, why? If it would benefit your health, solve pretty much all your underlying health issues, right? And then make you flourish as a person and become that better person. Why wouldn't you? And right. it, you know, and it almost sounds as if the only solution is because I can't, because I, I, I literally mentally cannot wrap my head right. around that I cannot not eat this. You're addicted, yeah. and that's you're, you're where, a prisoner of your own mind. And it's and it's it's sucky, but guess what? It happens so quick. I, this is. I think the quickest addiction is canceled by getting fit. And that is food addiction. Yeah. It's the easiest one to get rid of in a sense. And I say this because you replace it with a new addiction. And I exactly. say this and, and I say the new addiction is just loving yourself enough to do the right And it thing is an that. addiction. And it's a good so, one. Yeah. Some people call it narcissistic, you know, <laughs> selfish, whatever. Listen, you whatever you want to call it, I'm all for yeah. it because at the end of the day, it makes you happy. It makes the people around you happier. Like the interactions okay. that you have, the conversations that you have, and then the people that you attract into your life are end up being on that same high vibing frequency as you. And your entire life just changes within literally days and days. Or, and then that turn into months that turn into years. And all of a sudden you're like, whoa, how did I get here? To open. Yep. That's exactly it. And it's, it's, and it's, it really starts with you just saying, Hey, I want to get my, myself together. And, and the fastest way I've noticed to do that is really look into your nutrition and your fitness, obviously, but nutrition, mm -hmm. it, it just, it feeds the cycle and the way that if you eat clean, you're going to work out harder. And if, Hey, if you're working out, I might as well eat clean. So yeah. it, it's just almost like that one all solution that ultimately fixes brain chemistry Mm -hmm. fixes body chemistry and like you said going back to the soul sort of aligns you in that sense that oh I was being a jackass there for a while I need to get myself together and I really actually care about me not the ego yeah me. I need to got this body the whole time you know and you gotta yeah. take care of it you need to respect that flesh because oh, the, yeah. we, we we're, we're spiritual souls right essentially and this is the only body that we have like we're not gonna get another body to like use and so it's Oprah's like it's not gonna be like you get one you get, <laughs> you get one, one. <laughs> you get one. <laughs> actually um, speaking about all this um I, I actually wanted to ask you so did you by any chance see uh Zac Efron's new series on Netflix I'm in shock and it also makes me happy are you okay so this is okay when you see him what do you see I'm so curious as like a non-fitness person and as a non-nutrition person. Like I'm my, curious. Here. 
so I watched a couple of the episodes. I, I, I think it's yummy. Okay, you can call call him daddy. <laughs> um, I'm well. Obviously, I'm surprised and shocked by the fact that out of all like celebrities out there, that he's the one who decided to do this series. So I think that's pretty interesting. Um, what I'm he clearly is does not know much about fitness or maybe fitness but like definitely not not much about nutrition in particular uh he's obviously very new to this entire world as you can see in just like the little comments that he makes throughout like the episodes and okay, so i have to give it more than five minutes i only watched like the little just like 10 minutes because courtney had it on <laughs> Oh, no, you got to watch it. It's, but I think it's pretty cool that he is actually super fascinated by how disconnected we as humans are from the world that we live in. And so I actually stayed up last night watching some more episodes because it's so good. (laughs) Bless you. And bless you. So he actually became friends with um, Darian Olin, who's a big um, like health and wellness person who he's also an author. He wrote, um, he's like a superfoods guru, basically. And he just ended up becoming friends with him and just started, I guess, asking him like all of these questions and blah, blah, blah. And then he knew that Darian, like he travels often around the world and like he goes to like, you know eats all of like these exotic fruits and finds all these awesome superfoods, right? And like secrets of the world. Yeah. The secrets of the world. And he, I think they were like, wanted to like plan a trip where like he wanted to just literally get away from Hollywood and just like get into nature under, like get back to the roots. And because he felt like there's something more to life and to the world than what he was doing as an actor. So I respect that. And they basically somehow, I guess, then came up with this concept to do a whole show where he's being guided mostly by Darian and he's being introduced to all of these things. And in each episode, they talk about like different, um, like in one episode, they'll talk about water. In another episode, they'll talk about like um, eco-friendly technologies. In another episode, they'll talk about another type of superfood or the way that people live. And I thought it was really cool because obviously he has a massive, massive, massive following, especially, I mean, people our age, but also a lot of the younger generations. And I pray that by them seeing the fact that he is taking his fame and his celebrity status and opening up the world of nutrition, real nutrition, where they literally go into depth and talk about like stuff that me and you talk about and other people who are hardcore nutrition freaks, right? Where like everything comes down to the science and microbiology and cellular nutrition and understanding why it's so important to disconnect from the world that we've been living in and why it does matter what we eat and not just calorie in calorie out. Like the last episode I watched was they were visiting uh, one of the blue zones and he was like talking to some of the people who live there and like just hearing their stories. And you could see just like on Zach's face, like his, his facial reactions, like throughout the, all like these episodes, it's just like, it's real. And he's just like shook by it. You know, like, he's just like, like, 
mind blown. Like, how did I never know about this? How does no one else know about this? And the funny part is that a lot of the people that they talk to, like one of the herbalists that they talk to, uh, that lives in the jungle, she was saying like, well, we do talk about it, but people don't think it's real, you know? Too many times often, I feel like you're totally right. Well, and I think once you get Zach Efron on it, hey, people are going to listen. And that's the interesting part is that I'm like, why did they cast him for that show without really knowing what I was? Yes, I was thinking that at first also. You say that and I go, I get it. They were smart because they want someone to listen. And guess what? He's always looked shredded and always done like, you know, the hot Zac Efron look. So I think exactly. people look at him as almost like, okay, he's done it. So he must know what he's talking about. Where really we know behind the lines, he has a nutritionist. He has a whole team mm-hmm. sort of working to get him that fit. But of it was course. very fascinating. Yeah, because I just watched maybe one of the, episodes about like the eastern medicine just like again Mm -hmm. five ten minutes of it and yeah i'm gonna have to give this a listen because if it's about nutrition and zach efron is giving it to me okay (laughs) no girl you gotta listen to it i've been telling everyone about it because the stuff that they're actually saying is like real stuff um that has never really been brought to like brought to a place where it's getting this much attention. I mean, yes, there are, I mean, I don't even know how the number, but there's like, I'm sure hundreds of documentaries on Netflix and I don't know how many of them are on nutrition. And yeah, you have great documentaries. You have, um, you know, for example, um, you have fed up, right. You have, um, the names are really out of mind, but there's a lot of them, but how many people watch them? And how many people only watch that one, but not the other? Like for a perfect mm-hmm. example of that is, you know, the vegan versus carnivore. And I know carnivore right. is about to come out with one on Netflix. Oh, and, really? Oh, I don't know. Wait, I, I didn't hear yeah. about this one. <laughs> <laughs> so it's in the making. It's in the making right now. Okay. But this is the deal. I, I, when you look at those documentaries, and especially as a nutritionist, mm-hmm. I see both sides. There's a huge bias. Of course. And they're cherry picking information where I love the organic the almost criminal rawness that they're actually Same. going to the source and sort of checking it out. So you definitely have my attention. I'm going to have to give it a watch. I, yeah, I, I think that's what yeah. I, I watch my show. No. Yeah. And I think that's what I liked the most about it was the fact that like, um, they're actually traveling to all of these places and talking to these people who are experts in their different fields. And it's, right. it, it is very, very fascinating. I will definitely say that. Okay, girl, I'm going to have to yes. definitely give that a watch for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we'll wrap up. Um, obviously, we are both very passionate about nutrition. <laughs> As very. I'm sure you can hear it in our voices. Like, I feel like every time we like get together, it just like escalates and escalates and it never stops. <laughs> oh my God, never. <laughs> it's probably the worst. We're so annoying. <laughs> Um, but so, yeah, so wait, are you, do you want to, before you go, just like, um, tell people what has been working for you, like as of like recently, or what have you been experimenting with? Like, what's your thing right now? So I just got back from all inclusive. Right. Mexico. And hi, Zia. It's amazing. Cancun. Um, but Zipa, um, but 
anyway, I came back and I came back lean and shredded. And I posted on my Instagram story. I was like, holy moly, just came back lean and tried to camp. Can't believe this type of thing. Now, two weeks prior to that, what I always do, especially if I know I'm going to be eating a little bit freely, mm-hmm. um, or I'm sorry, like a month leading up to that, I was back on my normal diet of just, you know, a more low carb, mostly meat, uh, vegetables, fruit, nuts and seeds, um, but not no rice, no, maybe cauliflower crust once a week or maybe okay. a serving of rice once a week leading up. So four weeks pretty much got my insulin levels very sensitive or leading up. They're going to be very sensitive. So come to Mexico, six days there, eat, drink, pretty much whatever. I mean, we drank every, like pretty much, yeah, we didn't drink two days because I was too hungry. <laughs> it was bad. Or from food, maybe. Mexico well, food, this is like, what we mean great. about life, life balance, right? So you're oh, human. <laughs> oh, yeah. We had a great time. Um, well, and and also, you looked incredible. So it, whatever well, you were that, eating is clearly, or whatever you're doing is working. So that's why I want to know. And I think everyone well, else wants to know. And that was the fascinating part that I could enjoy that whole week. But mm-hmm. just for me, I needed to take that four weeks to sort of get myself again reused to that insulin sens- or get my sensitive my insulin sensitivity down again. So whenever I did put those foods in my body, my body knew what to do with them, and they get rid of it. Like mm-hmm. I use it, or I have tons of energy. So the whole day we're in the ocean and water. Of course, I could use that. But yeah, I stepped off the next day, so lean, but also my muscles were fuller. And mm-hmm. this is where I say you have to find what works for you because. If I introduce a carb after depleting myself for a while, my muscle bellies just, they, they're not as flat. They're fuller. I look, I just look more muscular, even though I, I did work out during that time, but this was the biggest thing for me. And I, I urge people to try this, especially people going on vacation is eight hour time eating. And I did mm. that just because it was flexible too. you know, we would wake up, work out. I wouldn't start my breakfast until like 10. And then we would end up eating by like nine, uh, six 30. Now mm-hmm. I did continue to sort of drink after right. we're out at night, you know, Obviously. but um, that eight hour thing really helped me just sort mm. of, I think, keep it in check. Now for your normal person, I don't know if you're going to be that sensitive to, or mm-hmm. that sensitive to that response. But for me, it really did the trick. And, and we talked about this in the last podcast about fasting and I think it just allows your body a recovery stage. And we think that usually of muscle, but if we took it into the nutrition aspect of thinking about your stomach lining and is it really mm-hmm. actually getting through all of that food? And I know why you sleep, it does, but some of us may be backed up more than you think. Right. Like you said, if you're constipated or if you just have an irritable no. stomach, mm-hmm. yeah. And your stomach may just not be getting rid of all everything by the next day and it's time to eat. Holy right. shit. I still have stuff from yesterday that I, I need to, I need to work out. Give me time. So don't, many people. don't overload yeah. me. Yeah. Oh yeah. So for me recently, lots of That's protein. Really I noticed and studies do show this higher protein, less hunger. I, mm-hmm. I, if I sit down, like I said, I never overeat a steak, but like I can, every lunch I pretty much do have a steak and mm-hmm. I'm good. I don't eat any vegetables with it. I don't even eat any mm-hmm. fruit. Um, but that's usually my first meal with some eggs. Possibly. Okay. And then through dinner, I'm just going to eat. Um, I'll have snacks throughout the day. So whether it's banana, for, I best pre-workout guys, banana. It is the mm. best condition your body for that. It's the fiber, it's that sugar. I fill mine in 20 minutes. 
Now, if you have a slower system, eat it 40 minutes before you're going to feel it though. I think it's the perfect balance for most people that's going to mm-hmm. give you the energy for your workout, but also feed that, that muscle pump you get from it too, is I think that that higher sugar, oh, um, interesting concentrated sugar is great. But so yeah, going back to that steak and eggs around lunch, just lunch or breakfast, depending on when I'm fasting, um, tons of water. I can't stress that. If you itch your skin and you're ashy, you're dehydrated. If your lips are chapped, you're dehydrated. If your knuckles are a bit ashy, you're dehydrated. Like, look at the signs of your body. Um, and then another you. thing. Yeah. Oh, it does. And then for dinner, uh, typically salad. Try to do dairy-free cheese. If I'm going to do dairy-free options, try to keep mm-hmm. the dairy out. Just for me, it's, it's horrible. And I think that's what helped me in Mexico is when I did have dairy. It just went through my system. <laughs> Sorry if that's TMI, but there's a good way to cleanse things. <laughs> But, you know, you just get rid of it. Your body's like, done, gone, Felicia. (laughs) We don't need this. (laughs) No. So, yeah, at night, definitely just a salad, protein, whether it's chicken, turkey, um, steak, um, and then uh, uh, vegetables, vegetables and some fruit in my salad. So I really, like you said, I'm not Mm -hmm. eating a lot throughout or like bigger meals or I'm sorry, I'm not eating more frequently, but I'm eating a big portion at lunch. And I, and the great thing about that meat, I just don't come down at two o'clock. Say if I were to have like a regular milk, if I used to have like, um, I was having like bagels just for a time because I was adding Mm -hmm. some weight on two or three o'clock would roll around. And I'm like, where's my bed? You know, like, and I'm not normally like that, but if I do have a high carb, I definitely feel it a denser one. So, and it it takes me all the way to breakfast or dinner, Mm -hmm. but keep in mind, I am still hitting, you know, at least 110 uh, grams of protein a day. And to keep, I'm 115 pounds, 120 pounds okay. with about a body percentage fat of probably eight or 9%. And, and I don't you? need to sit that low. Five, two, five, so two. I'm, I'm a little bit short. Yeah. But I don't normally sit that low. And I was explaining this to one of my girlfriends that does IV or the shows, bikini shows mm-hmm. is that I've gotten so lean naturally just eating these foods. It didn't right. open overnight, but over the last five years, there's this last little layer I noticed as a woman. Mm-hmm. that it's really hard to get rid of. And I'm finally down to that layer. And it's quite interesting to see what the body transforms oh, wow. into. So check out my Instagram though. I, I'm definitely like sort of definitely recording and this journey. And it's sort of fascinating to see what, especially the female, yeah. what happens to the body when you add certain stimulants and take away certain stimulants. And like we said, diet is just a way to get your body to a certain stage. I don't think it's a lifetime thing. I think it's always mm-hmm. going to fluctuate. Like I use keto for a certain thing. I use carnivore for a certain, to get a certain result. And I, I definitely paleo side I'll throw in during CrossFit, but I'll go to that higher carb whenever I want to put on weight before mm-hmm. heavy, before say bodybuilding season, which I'll fluctuate in and out of. Not that right. I'm a bodybuilder, but just types of training. So right. I urge people to look at diet and nutrition in that way is use it as a mechanism to get where you want to be. And it, mm-hmm. once you get to that place, re- reevaluate. Okay, I can probably start adding a little more carbon, right? Or mm-hmm. I can add my dairy in here and there. I can add my gluten in here and there. So that I think that's a cool thing. What we understand from each other too is that this is a forever experiment on life. Yeah. Because once we have kids, hormones are going to change. Stomach gonna change. changes. And you you have to know how to figure this out for yourself, you know. And I think that's the best advice I can give anyone is, I mean, hire someone to do it right but really start to learn and actually take aware, take notice of your body and aware of how you feel day to day. And 
compared right. to what you ate. And you'll start to see this huge picture unfold in front of you. And yeah. it's quite miraculous. I love that. Really I, I think that's a good note to end on because I, I don't want to change anything you said. I thought it was beautifully <laughs> said. Um, do you want to tell people where to find you? And also um, if whether or not, I'm not sure if you are or if you're not taking uh, clients online currently. Yes, I totally am. We love, I use an awesome platform that makes it really easy to train our online clients. So guys, um, Shelby Brooks Fitness on Instagram and then Shelby, I believe, Dash Bishop on YouTube. Um, me and my partner, Mitchell Harding at YouTube as well. We just started dropping some of our videos and it's going to start getting into more nutrition and fitness. I, I just think there's such a niche out there and it's Everyone likes to think it's oversaturated, but I don't think there's enough people really sharing our stories and our I agree. Our perspective on nutrition. Right. I agree that. Oh yeah, I love guys. That. So and I will definitely uh, link everything. So <laughs> Yay, sounds great, Nino. Okay, like you just tell me when uh, part three is gonna be and I think we, it should be on thyroid because I would love to dig into that. Oh my I god, yes. 30 so, minutes with you. I would love that actually. I, maybe we should just have like our own <laughs> our own like thing going Nina on and Shelby, yeah, <laughs> yeah <right>? literally <laughs> we'll even get into like our best wines <laughs> yes <laughs> we'll get into everything <laughs> yeah, we'll just have our own little segment maybe okay exactly exactly well thank you again so much Shelby for coming on I love talking to you all the time and I hope you guys enjoyed listening to this episode of Naturally Nino and stay tuned for next one bye